they normally have to wait every summer to go on a mission trip. And I see them. It's like they're chomping at the bits to go. But we have to create opportunity for them sometimes. And I just begged, like, please let us go. Please let us go. Please let us go. And finally, they said yes. And so y'all are actually the first church that we get to go. Can I have some water, please? Thank you. So the title of my message is Warring in the Spirit. Priesthood, Prayer, and Praise. Do y'all know who Gordon Lindsay is? Gordon Lindsay, he's the founder of our school. He's the one who started Christ for the Nations. He's the one who was setting up tent revivals when he was 19 years old. He was one of those young people who was willing to carrying a tent around the, I just think at 19, I was a mess. I hope nobody would give me a car, much less a tent. But he went around and he would get favor with even like carnival workers. And he would say, can we borrow your tent? We want to set something up here. Oh, I love that about him. But I came about something about two years ago, and it's a little book. I didn't bring it up here actually, but it's called How to Increase the Power of Your Prayer Tenfold. And I started reading it. I was actually in Colorado on vacation, and I was reading it. And this book is literally like this big. It's a teeny tiny little book. But this book has absolutely wrecked my life, wrecked my life. Because in it, it's so provoking. He provokes us in so many ways. I didn't really know what I was getting into when I started reading it. But he's, he claims in there, there's a, a portion in chapter 5 where he says he's writing in the spirit of prophecy. And this is in 1970. So you have to think of when he was writing this. I've been holding it for a little while. Uh, we've definitely shared it in our house at Christ for the Nations. But I felt the minute they said we were coming, I felt I was supposed to share it with you. And I believe that it's for your church, especially God has confirmed everything last night, everything last night. Yo, we didn't, we didn't like discuss what the song choices were, what the testimony was, any of that. We didn't go through that. I didn't know what Ashlyn was going to preach on, but it all lines up and that's how the spirit of God works. He makes it all flow through together. So first warring in the spirit through priesthood, prayer and praise. This is what Gordon and Lindsay said. It's a portion of his writing. This is the hour in which my priesthood is coming into view again. And it is coming without formal robes and rituals. It is coming with my spirit upon the intercessors, even though they be insignificant in the eyes of others. I desire that this priesthood message be ministered to my people. It is time for the priesthood to be manifested. This shall come to pass hastily when I have restored my servants who shall be my priest. He says, not all will qualify. It's going to be dedication, consecration, such as Moses and Aaron had under the law, but not under the same law. This is under the law of the spirit of life in Christ and the law must progress under the anointing of the priesthood. It is by this law of love. All men will know you are my disciples. Oh, I release that right now, Lord priesthood. Even last night she let, uh, she gave the microphone to, to, um, Brittany and was praying for the Levites. We didn't have that conversation, but this is in the message. He's calling you into priesthood. He's calling you. Hey, I came out of a Catholic background. How many of you know, you don't have to go to a priest to confess. Hey, we are priests, kings and priests, royal priesthood. Yes. And uh, an additional word. 
a call for both the young and the aged ones to minister. This is what I felt burning in my heart last night, is that we were praying for the young people. Amen. When she said, you're not forgotten, she's speaking to the older people. I'm about to rattle your chain. Woo. There is a deep hunger among my aged ones. They have reached maturity. They need not die. They need not resign. They need not retire. They may be renewed and restrengthened and reestablished in that which I have for them. For this will work out harmoniously when all the youth and the aged ones come together. For it, listen, listen, for it will be like a tree. The aged ones will be like a trunk and the youth like the branches and even the fruit. For this is the day of fruit bearing. The horticulturist of heaven is searching. He's inspecting, cutting away the dead branches, bringing life and purging those that remain. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you have received, the Father hath ordained it so. Woo! Listen. Do not underestimate the power of your prayers. They're not falling on deaf ears. It's the Lord who never sleeps nor slumbers. He is moving. There are things in the heavenlies that are stuck there. But don't stop. Don't stop. You have to press in. We need you. We need you. My generation needs you. I'm the gap. I'm the one in the middle. I'm not a baby and I'm not older. Yet. Yet. I'm not there yet. But I'm getting there. My knees tell me I'm getting there for sure. But we need you. We have a lot of energy and we have a lot, you know, we're fearless and we have a lot of zeal, but we're working on our character and our integrity and our foundation. And we're learning to read the Bible. We're learning not to be sponges that pastors can speak into. And we just believe every word they say. We're learning to test the scriptures, to go to them. The power is in the word, but he says it's in your prayer, in your prayer. He says, anything you ask. In my name, with no doubt in your heart, will be given to you. Some of you have been sleeping. You've been sleeping, and he said today, wake up. Wake up. He needs you. The generation needs you. This new generation, they have to have something to stand on. They're standing on your shoulders. On your shoulders. Teach them. Young people, get with the older people. My mentors were 82. 82 and 80, male and female. And can I just tell you, they disciplined the mess out of me. I hated it when it was happening, but I appreciate it now. So we're called to be warriors. Everybody likes that word, right? To be called a warrior. Because what do you associate it with? Bravery, courage, you're fierce and fearless right? Who doesn't want to be called those things? But the reality is, is that war is painful. Battle causes scars and wounds, right? You've been called to a battle. The minute that you said yes to Jesus is the minute you got your card to come in the army. You're in the battle. The minute you said yes, the minute you said yes, you put a target right here. (laughs) Don't be naive. Don't be naive and don't be surprised when you're under attack. The word that God had given me was Joel 2. Now, everybody knows this scripture, right? It says in the last days. But do you remember the scriptures that come before it? There's 27 scriptures that come before that. 
what they say is, consecrate a fast, call an assembly, gather the people, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes, and let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage reproach that the nation should roll over them. Right? And that's what it says, because the next chapter that everybody, I mean, the next verse that everybody knows is the one that says, but it says afterwards. So after these things, then I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? So this is what the Lord had been speaking to us about consecration, calling a fast, prayer. What are y'all doing? This is what you're doing. Who was at all night prayer? Who was praying for us? Somebody was in 24 hour prayer for us. That person, those people right there, where? Yes. Listen, it's coming for you. God is coming. He's coming. It's going to come on your house. It's going to come on your family. You're not even going to be able to contain it. I saw you sleeping at night, trembling in the bed by the power of the Holy Spirit coming over you. He's unleashing on you. He's unleashing on you because listen, the things that are done in, in secret, God will bless and he will bless you in the open. Yes, there's a, there's a harvest just for you, just for you alone too, but for the whole church. So anyway, so we started having family prayer for my home and I come from a Catholic background. Like I said, I'm Hispanic. Hispanics in the house. What? I've never seen so many quiet Hispanics in my life. Yeah, we're loud bunch. A bunch of alcoholics. Yeah, I mean, crazy people, right? It's a miracle I got saved. But we started praying for our family. There's only a small remnant of us. I think there was six of us. But there's eight brothers and sisters on both sides. So to only have six is kind of a minority, right? So we started praying in June of last year. And a few months after we started, my brother had a car accident. He was going 75 miles an hour on the highway, and he flipped his truck and was thrown from the vehicle. He didn't have a seatbelt on. And when he called me, he just, I could barely understand what he said, and he didn't know where he was. He was at the hospital, so I went. And when I walked in, he just looked like a tiny baby, just all cut up and scraped up. And he was in the trauma, in the trauma unit. And I just was like, whoa, when I saw him. But we had been praying for his salvation. We've been praying, we've been praying, right? So I said, I love, I just cried and was like, I love you. I, I'm, I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. Well, he had been drinking. And the doctor came in and he said, I'm not a religious man. This is what he said. I'm not a religious man, but something happened. He said, because you wrecked, he wrecked at the hospital exit. He wrecked at the hospital exit. The first two people on the scene were a doctor and a nurse. <laughs> and let me tell you, the doctor said, you didn't have your seatbelt on and you were thrown from the vehicle and you don't have one broken bone. You don't have traumatic brain injury. And he said, all your, all your wounds are superficial. And he was like, this is superficial. And I said, yes, amen. And he said, the nurse came in and said, you don't understand. My job is we're setting people's hips and their pelvics. We're, we're like setting whole bodies and dealing with, she said, I have a paper that says, what is this? To see if they can recognize what the picture is, like a ball and a cup and like normal, like very everyday things because they have traumatic brain injury. And she's like, nothing happened to you. And they said, I'm not religious people. Neither of them are religious. We're hoping afterwards they caught what was going on. But did he give his life to Jesus? No. Am I done contending for him? 
No. And that's the part you have to understand is that we have to push through. We can't give up. We're going to miss out on the glory. You'll miss out if you don't keep pushing. You've got to keep pushing. So a couple of months later, my uncle, we're also praying for, he sh- shoots himself and he misses, goes through his cheek. So we got to go in the room and we got to witness to him. We got to, he asked Jesus into his heart. But listen, he died. I'm going to tell you how. When they were doing a surgery, he passed away from complications. But I know that I know that he's with the Lord. How do you press through that? That's the second death in my family. Then the third came. A month later, my aunt, same family, dies from a heart attack. Totally unexpected. We bury her on Tuesday. And Thursday, my uncle, her brother, he dies in a car accident. Okay, you think the enemy's not mad that we're doing what we're doing? But listen, I'm here to tell you, I was in a hole. Oh, I was in a hole. It was awful. And I was like, Lord, where are you? I need you. My family is dying. And you said, if we would call in your name, you would come. And you said this. And you, I was reminding him of everything that he said. But it was such a dark place. But I want to talk about it because people don't talk about the dark places. I want you to understand I was desperate. I questioned everything I've ever known. I questioned every miracle I'd ever seen. I questioned whether I spoke in tongues. I questioned if I really cast out demons. I questioned everything. But then I had a moment with him and he said, let the priest who minister to the Lord, thank you, weep between the porch and the altar. That's what I was doing. I was, I was there saying, Lord, save them. Save my family. I mean, this is going the wrong direction. I'm asking for you to come in and save them, but they're being taken. And I just, he said, you've got to push back, Nina. You have to push. And he said, and the Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. But I wasn't feeling satisfied. When I would read, be glad then you children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully and he will cause the race to come down on you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month, the threshing floor shall be full of wheat and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. Listen, the threshing is not feel good. The threshing floor, something has to hurt. It's painful. In order to get oil, you have to crush You have to crush, crush, crush the olives in order to get wine. You have to crush the grapes. I've been to Italy. I see how they do it. It's painful looking. I'm sure they're not very appreciative of it, nor was I for the threshing, but I am now. But I am now because guess what? I have a new wine and I have a new oil and I have a new fire. So in the praying and crying out, God can handle your pain. He can handle your anger. He can handle your frustration. He knows it already. He already knows. He just wants you to open up and say, I need you. I need you to come in now. And let me just say, I was speaking with him on a Monday. Well, I wasn't speaking. I was yelling on Monday during chapel because it was, it's loud like this. And I just screamed so loud. Where are you? And he spoke to me and he said, you think I'm not angry about the injustice? you think I'm not angry? And I was like, well, do something. And he said, I will. You'll see. That's all he said to me. 
And I just was like, okay. Do you know that on Friday, my family came to me and said, I baptized five family members. Five family members. At the last funeral, we had our last family prayer meeting. The first one, we had six. Remember I told you? There were 28 people at our last prayer meeting for our family. Listen, you have to press in and push. You have to push. There is no resurrection without death. You have to die to the way you think it's going to look and the way you want it. It's how he wants it. It's what he wants for you. He has the best intentions for us always. Okay. So this is the word from Gordon Lindsay that I'm going to unleash over you tonight, today, this morning. This is straight from the book. I haven't plagiarized it in any way. And so I want to march with me in this great military hour. This is the hour for military augmentation. It is a time when soldiers must go forth. Therefore, this great prayer army must be mobilized. Search for them as the widow searched for empty vessels that she might pour in the supernatural oil. When the vessels were filled, the oil stayed. I want... I want you to find more empty vessels, more idle prayer warriors. Give them a place in the ministry. Ordain it. Invite them to start prayer groups of their own and to come together in places that I will show you. I would, I would have groups who would unite in fervent prayer without gossiping. Did you hear that? I would have groups who would unite in fervent prayer without gossiping. These things can be conquered by fervent prayer as Daniel prayed. This is how the prayer army will develop. This is how the soldiers will come forth. For it will take an army to develop all these things, to cope with the wicked spirits. Are they not well coordinated and skilled and equipped by their leader, Satan, who who has spent these thousands of years to develop such a work, such an army who will march out from the heavenlies through the earth? Therefore, I must have human prayer warriors who are equipped and qualified with my word, my spiritual gifts, with my spirit-filled leaders in control. Prepare for war in the heavenlies. For my children, this battle is not yours, but the Lord's. This is not done after the flesh, but after the spirit and in the spirit. When so done, thou shalt ascend with me in the heavenlies to fight this great battle. So prepare yourselves with the weapons that I have ordained in the sixth chapter of Ephesians. Truth, righteousness, peace, meekness, and with prayer for all the saints. Arm yourselves with these. And when you are finally fully armed with supernatural gifts, then you have only to sing as did Jehoshaphat and his band. Yay, they sang praises to God. And then I did beat down, he says, and then I did beat down their enemies small as the dust. Now, therefore, rise up from any lethargy, any, rise up from any lethargy and be not apathetic nor complacent because it is time for aggression in the spirit for aggression is needed. Oh, if thou canst gather intercessors, speak thou of this prayer army and help mobilize these prayer warriors. For many are faint and very weary, and it is time to go up as Gideon went. It is time to encourage soldiers of the Lord as Gideon was encouraged by the supernatural power of God. This word is for you, Pastor. This is for your church. It's been confirmed last night when they said, you're going to have prayer meetings here. But you know how you start it? Exactly how you've been starting it. When she prophesied over you and said, you're doing everything right. It's right. Your vision is good. It's right. Yes, it is. It is. Your vision is good. It's God's vision for this place. 
Your name is victory. Your name is victory. You can settle for nothing less than victory. So he says, but thou hast seen how Jehoshaphat humbled himself and confessed to God. He did not have the answer, but that his eyes were on the Lord. And the word of the Lord came through the battle was not his, but the Lord's. And you know this, my children, therefore adhere to this very line and pattern of winning this battle by prayer, priesthood, and praise. You're in the right place. You're doing the right thing. I'm going to have our band come up and I'm going to have Christ for the nations come up for prayer for ministry, for altar ministry, I feel a stirring for people who are dry. You're just dry. You're dry and you've been coming and you may not have found what you're looking for yet, but God has a call on each one of your lives. Every one of us is a member of the body and we serve a purpose. And you have to find out what that thing is. And it's anointed. You're anointed. You're sitting under pastors who are anointed, but it's time. So I just say right now, Lord, Father, draw near, Lord. Everyone, everyone, Lord. Yes, if you feel called to prayer, to intercession, if you're an intercessor and you're tired, come, come, come. We want to rejuvenate. We want to pray for you and unleash over you. Yes, Lord, yes, come. All heavy burden, come. Come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, Lord. There's new wine for you here. There's new wine, there's new fire, new oil right here, right now. Right now, right now. Even the young people, the ones who are hungry for more, come and get it. Yes, come and get it. If you need prayer for anything, come, come. Yes, Lord, we bless you, Lord. Sure.